This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. everybody and welcome to Numbers Go Up, Fan Bites podcast about all things live games. I'm Mary Kay and joining me as always are Steven Strom. Hello, it's me again. Oh, connecting to the Destiny 2 servers. Never mind. I'm, I'm oh, gone. Bye. No. Bye guys. Oh, jeez. Oh. oh, beans. Uh, and also uh, Colin McGregor. Uh, yes, I'm here, though my appearance might be delayed a few months. So Woof. Gonna... Wow. Wow. And uh, as we're all drowning in beaver errors, uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> why don't we uh, talk about some games this week? I think we have a lot to say about Destiny this week, good and bad. Yeah. Good yeah. and bad. Not just bad, yeah. a lot of good. So a lot of good. we're going to push that to the end of this episode, and let's do kind of just like a lightning round where we run through a bunch of stuff that's happening with other live games that... Uh, that we all play and love games like Borderlands, games like Dota, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that we all have deep knowledge of and commitment to. Uh, we're experts in our field, you could say, of, of all yes. of these. Yes, we are getting paid. You could say that. Yeah, we're getting paid to talk about this. Uh, so I'm seeing Dota 2 up here and something called Aghanim's Labyrinth. And isn't Aghanim a character from The Legend of Zelda? Yes. I actually think he is, uh, but also remember that a bunch of the stuff in Dota was named by a bunch of, like, 16-year-old modders uh, in the Warcraft 3 community for um, about, uh, what, 12 years ago now? So a lot of yes. it was just, like, stuff they knew and people they knew and stuff yes. uh, that got yes. taken. And somehow they managed to keep those names in because this is definitely just a guy who's named after the Zelda character. Like, he looks, oh, yeah. he's like a dark <laughs> wizard. He's, yeah. So tell me about tell me about Agnium in Dota Two. Tell me about his labyrinth. Uh, honestly, I'm gonna be pretty brief on this one because I haven't played Dota Two in years, which is a, <laughs> which that is a specific choice on my part because it does bad things to my brain, um, and is a very exploitative game that wants you to spend lots of money to get its stuff. But uh, right now, as part of their battle pass, because uh, Dota was the first game to ever have a battle pass and use that term. Um, they have added a seasonal event called Aghanim's Labyrinth, which is sort of a roguelike cooperative mode. They do these every couple of years. Um, they had one called Siltbreaker, I think was the last one that I was a part of. And this one, it seems like, uh, puts you into a cosmic labyrinth by a character called Aghanim, who is never shown in Dota, or up until this point has never been shown in Dota. But one of the kind of most important items that you can buy in the game is called Aghanim's Scepter. Uh, and now he has shown up to put all of the Dota heroes to the test by putting him, putting them into his labyrinth where they are vying to get the original Aghanim Scepter. And that's kind of what I know about it, other than the fact that uh, former Double Fine employee 
director, I think, of uh, Iron Brigade, formerly Trenched, uh, oh, Brad yeah. Muir. Yeah. I played that cool one. guy. Yeah. That's cool the game. one where, cool um, where Americans invent robots and like Germans invent TV, right? Basically. And yeah. Then, and the TVs are like ro- robot aliens. Yeah. The TV is evil. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you're, yeah, it's kind of like a mech based tower defense game. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, he did a couple other things. Yeah. Uh, he was always a huge Dota guy. Uh, he worked on Artifact a whole bunch. Uh, he had a. <laughs> I used to go to the International, which is the Dota 2 tournament ever held right. every year. And in Dota, uh, the, the t- clock, the in game clock starts at negative 30 seconds, I think, negative 30, <laughs> negative 60, and then hits zero. Uh, and that like triggers all of the events happening in game. And when that happens, there's like a big like horn sound, like a. Uh, Brad Brad Muir used to go with his brother to the international every year with a massive vuvuzela, and and every time that the clock hit zero in game, would also blow it so it went in real life um, at the same time. And I always thought that was very funny. So he seems like a guy who understands Dota and has a deep appreciation for it. So I'm sure his new mode is pretty fun. Cool. Yeah, that's what I know about it. I like I said, I haven't played it because I'm not playing Dota right now, and I probably won't. Uh, Steven, we are experts and expert gamers. We play everything on this list. Yeah, that's fair. I guess I yep to to add like verisimilitude to this uh, podcast. I gotta I gotta bow out. I gotta go play Dota right now. I'll be right back. Mm-hmm. And, and and speaking of a game that we definitely all play, uh, Borderlands Three has very brief news. Uh, Merritt's favorite game uh, of the year of the of this season of of all time. Well, I mean, it came uh, out last year, previous year. But I mean, you love it so much that it's you just my game of the year conti- this year too. Cont- yeah, it continues on. Uh, there's going to be no new hot fixes this week. Uh, they're focusing on an upcoming patch. There's no date. There's no information on the patch. I assume this is to fix some issues in Bounty of Blood, uh, some balance problems because they've been talking about that with Mayhem Ten. But there's you know, nothing to really talk about there. Uh, Apex Legends, uh, they got a new legend uh, called Rampart, who was previously believed to be a male, is actually apparently a female. Uh, she was data mined uh, along with Season 6, which is coming up pretty soon, I think in less than a month. Uh, her abilities revolve around constructing cover and turrets, so like if you've played the Battlefield game, the newest one, how like one of the classes can make like a wall, she can mm. kind of do that. She can kind of like build up structures. Uh, this ties into uh, apparently there's like hop ups, which if you uh, played, if you haven't played Apex, they're like mods you can get for your guns in the game that like change the properties or change the abilities of the gun. Uh, there's paintball hop ups, which I assume turned the gun to a paintball gun, and mm-hmm. it will increase the reload speed of the magazine, which coincides with Rampart's passive, which is she can like reload weapons like the Spitfire LMG faster. Uh, again, these are all leaks. There's no like actual confirmation uh, from Respawn about them. But given how accurate they've been, pretty the leaks have been like through the past like year, year and a half. I would be pretty surprised if this if 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 parts of Rampart's kit were not correct. And I think like I don't know. I think the ability to like build cover in the middle of like a B, uh, battle royale like it's not novel because obviously that's Fortnite's whole gig. But for like a movement based game like Apex, I think it'd be pretty interesting. Yeah, that's cool. cool. I mean, there's already a few other characters that like build things and yeah. that have like movement. Yeah, Watson, Watson, and um, uh, Caustic, even, is even the... Caustic, yeah, have like deployables that alter movement and that like control lanes and things like that. So that's kind of cool to see more of that. 
I will say I haven't played Apex for a minute. Um, yeah. Because, wow, I'm just like not very good at it. But uh, yeah, but I get that. It's cool that they're still supporting it and that it's still doing fairly well. It seems like yeah. um, I just feel like their seasonal model has been so brutal that yeah, I just have the, uh, the incentive they, to, to play it, I guess. Because they yeah. just finished their, their story mode, uh, I think, this week. And it's it's one of those things where, like, I want to... Because I play Apex off and on, but it's one of those things, like, you need to log in daily to unlock these, like, treasure caches that, that yeah. you need a set amount of yeah. to then unlock the story content. Which, But but don't worry, you can pay real money to unlock <laughs> the story content if you haven't, like, gotten the treasure caches. And I it's, it's, see. It's a very, like, frustrating thing because the story, like, itself... Because I've ended up just watching it because I've been off and on so much I don't have time to, like play methodically enough to hunt for these caches in like loot chests but like it's cool it looks really cool it just kind of sucks that that i really wish it wasn't behind like a, a paywall or like a really like stringent like restrictive uh experience like you need to play the multiplayer so many times because i think a lot of people were really looking forward to the pve yeah. side of the game and then they well, kind of just like it feels like a test like what Overwatch used to do early on with their stuff, where they kind of just dipped their toes in it before they went full on at the end here. Yeah, well, I remember when this thing dropped, we all logged on and we're like excited, like, oh, we're going to play the PvE stuff. Right. And then it was like, so to play the first mission, you have to find like X number of chests in the PvP Across mode. Across X number of days. And then you're able to do the first one. And then you have, next week, you have to do that for the next one. And it was like, okay, so this isn't really... Like that was maybe a case where we had worked ourselves up into believing it was something other right. than what it was going to be. But I feel like they didn't do much to dispel that belief uh, right, no, right right up until it came out and was like, oh, this isn't a PVE mode at all. It's um, like just kind of like an additional little thing that you get for playing PVP. Yeah, right. it, it, struck, and, it struck me a lot like how Overwatch, for when they first started, approached their PvE stuff, where it's not like they really didn't put a lot of time in. That's not to say they didn't put a lot of time developing, but it's not It's not like a significant part of the game they're looking to really add. It's like a small little fun Easter egg for players, as opposed to like actual content that I think a lot of the, the Apex community wants to a degree, because I feel like the Apex characters are really interesting by themselves, and the world of like Titanfall and Apex has always been very interesting. They have probably the out of these like if you want to include Apex Legends in the hero shooter genre, I know it's kind of a battle royale, but you know if you compare it to something like a Overwatch, then I think they probably have the most compelling single player narrative and universe and characters out of all that. Because you know right. Overwatch is a game that uh, we've had articles written on our site before uh, about how that universe, you know, that game came out in what twenty sixteen. Yeah. And the in-game clock in that universe has moved forward like six days or something like that. Like the events of what's actually <laughs> happened in Overwatch has not changed. Whereas, you know, Apex Legends seems like they're evolving and changing new things. And, you know, they, they changed the map. They did the Fortnite thing, except they had like an actual narrative behind it and not just this stream right. of consciousness sort of thing. And I find that really interesting. And I like the Titanfall universe and would love to see more stories in that world. But, 
Yeah, um, playing, because we, we talked about it, you had to play every single day of that week leading up to the thing, <laughs> yeah. but also you had to get random drops, and the drops didn't apply to your entire team. It was just one player got to keep it. Speaking of live games that are extremely story-driven, we also have new news on Final Fantasy fourteen. Again, we're kind of trying to do the lightning round thing here, so I'll pre- keep this pretty brief because most of the information is actually very tightly packaged on uh, Square Enix's... Patch 5.3 special site. They always do one of these for each new major content update, and this is one of those. And you can see all kinds of like things there. I will say one thing, which is that if you haven't played the most recent updates post Shadowbringers for Final Fantasy XIV, maybe don't go read up on the details about this because <laughs> there is a pretty big spoiler right at the top in the first piece of text on that page. Oof. So I did, yeah, not that I'm like the most like anti-spoiler person in the world i think people get too worked up about that stuff but this one's a pretty big one so if that is something that bothers you maybe avoid that but yeah it's your pretty typical uh, major final fantasy 14 patch type stuff it is new story quests new dungeon new trial and it is coming out on august 11th i think this is also the expansion that or the the patch rather that condenses the original campaign Right, I remember you mentioning this into like something more playable for new players. Oh yeah, yeah, they're finally doing it. I think so. I'm pretty sure that they said it was going to be in this patch. I didn't see anything listed in that special site, but I could have sworn they said it was going to be in this uh, in this patch. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but um, people can go find that information probably on their special site on Final Fantasy XIV. Nice. And then, uh, I mean, I've always, I've always appreciated Final Fantasy fourteen from like afar. It's not like my type of game, but it's, it's remarkable, like how well it feels like they keep updating that game. Cause how Mm. long, how long has it been around at this point? It's, it's, it's a few years, right? It's where I think like, yeah, is it, is it more than four? Am I, am I, I'm kind of like guesstimating here from when I started seeing ads for the game. I want to guess it's around like four or five. Oh, it, no, it's it, uh, Realm Reborn, the 2.0 version of Final Fantasy 14, I believe came out in 2013. <laughs> so Lord. seven years ago. Like it is, it's from, is the player base growing or is it generally just like stagnant at this point in, in terms of uh, who's actually like stays with it? The player base grew pretty significantly, is my understanding, in the last expansion, Shadowbringers, because it was kind of a perfect storm of uh, it being very well-received via word of mouth. People really, really, really like that expansion. Uh, a lot of people would say it's the best expansion they've ever done and the best story they've ever told, and I tend to agree with that for the most part. Um, it was the first expansion that was written entirely by this new woman. She wrote some of the side quest stuff in the previous expansion, uh, but it was that was so re- well-received that they gave her the entire storyline for Shadowbringers, and uh, it turned out great. And that was also when Battle for Azeroth was coming out in World of Warcraft, and the World of Warcraft community was apparently very, very upset with that expansion and is not super thrilled with that game or was not super thrilled with that game at the time. So you saw a massive kind of exodus of World of Warcraft people jump ship to Final Fantasy XIV all of a sudden. Right. And I, I think they saw a big boost around that time. Well, I mean, good for them. I mean, it's always nice to see these kind of longer MMOs. See, it's nice to see another MMO be able to actually challenge Blizzard to some degree. And they're oh, kind yeah. of like hold on the genre because I feel like when it comes to MMOs, most people like the two now that people default to default to are Final Fantasy XIV and uh, World of Warcraft. When I think I for think, a long time it was just World of Warcraft. 
I think around Shadowbringers, they did beat out WoW in terms of total uh, active subscribers at one time. I don't know if that's still true or not, but uh, I believe that was at least when that expansion came out the case. So, yeah, no, that game is great. That game is very, very good. Um, the early goings of that game are still a massive slog, and I don't blame anyone for falling off of it if right. they tried uh-huh. to play it. I think um, I fell off I have... twice. Yeah. I tried to play right. it twice, yeah. I tried to play it first. I was like a weird cap boy. And then mm. second, I, I was just like a, a large man. I think named Truck or something. No. <laughs> what was my character's name? It was something really stupid. Um, I'm going to see if I can turn it and find... It wasn't truck, truck though. Best. It was something. It was like Gatorade. Like oh yeah, I remember. Oh my um, god, what was it? It was truck. Gatorade. Was in Boomhauer Gatorade. Boomhauer Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I am so. I'm just like astonished and delighted that you remember Boomhauer Gatorade. Boomhauer Gatorade is uh, such an incredible just, name for an He RPG was just player. like a really large man who uh, became a berserker and joined the berserker club or whatever. And then um, <laughs> then I got tired of it. But uh, for a while there, I was like, yeah, I'm playing Final Fantasy. Uh, if you yeah. come back, can you please name your character Boomhauer Gatorade? Or like someone in the I mean, Boomhauer I'm sure he's family. still alive. Like, I, I'm, yeah. I bet he's still alive unless oh. Final Fantasy. Oh, you can't kill. You can't, you can't kill Boomhauer. You can't Gatorade. kill him. <laughs> His energy is he's, too he's powerful. World. <laughs> he's got so many electrolytes. Somebody, please stop him. He's too hydrated. He's gonna be like that guy in the X Men movie who just like melts into water. <laughs> and that's how we died. That's the tragic tale of Boomer Gatorade. He just exploded because he had too many electrolytes in it. <laughs> <sighs> and now he's everywhere. You know, oh, he's yeah. in all. So. He's all of us. He's actually like you know, like fertilizing the ground with his. Yeah, you know Gatorade how like there's, there's only so much water on the planet, right? So like you're yeah, you're right. drinking you're drinking dinosaur, dinosaur piss. piss, but you're also <laughs> drinking Boomhauer Gatorade. <laughs> you are. A, a, there's a little bit of Boomhauer Gatorade in all of us That's right true. now. He's in the it's water true. table now. It's true. Um, yeah, he's I think that element. game definitely scoops up like people who are into like supremely anime bullshit too, because like mm. <laughs> I know a lot of people who I don't think I've ever touched wow, but when they saw mm-hmm. you could play like a weird little, little tiny imp or like Lola a, fell? or like a, a rabbit girl or whatever and get married and like Viera. take pictures and stuff. They were all like, I'm going to play that. Give me that. I, yeah. Um, I too like sword art online. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. <laughs> the most fucked up thing you've ever said about Final Fantasy (laughs) XIV. Two years of stored Boomhauer Gatorade. Oh, no. We have to move on. Made a wet galloping sound as it flowed into the water table. I cannot believe you said this. I can't believe. Speaking of water tables, uh, Sea of Thieves has a new update called Ashen Wings. Uh, there's a lack of Gatorade in the new Sea of Thieves update, but it's coming July 22nd. It's called Ashen Winds, uh, which is, for you don't know, that's like a region of the map, which is like all volcano-y. Uh, it's introducing <laughs> the Ashen Winds skull, which you can sell to the Spooky Order of Souls for gold. Or, in a better way, you could just use it as a flamethrower to burn enemy ships down or kill people. So, like, you could point the skull oh, at people, and it's got, like, a little meter on it, so you got, like, a fuel in it, and you can just, like, it just shoots a cone of fire, and you can just ignite ships or enemy players, but, like, 
there's a reward, there's a risk reward. So like the lower the the more you use it, the less gold it's going to go for. So if you're oh, a new player, it's uh, better off to just sell it. But like for people like me or like more experienced crews who don't really need the gold because you're swimming for in pro it. Pro gamers, yeah. For pro for pro pirates who don't need Gatorade to keep them up, uh, uh-huh. we use uh, flamethrowers, and you can. Uh, ignite hmm. uh, your enemy ships, which is I feel like is going to be a lot of fun shenanigans you can do with that skull. Uh, I'm really excited to see uh, the the actual like content update video hasn't dropped yet. This is just a teaser, basically. They also have new accessibility options coming in, and they're going to be addressing the hit registration issues because you could shoot people through the ship when you're in the bottom of the ship. You could shoot people like above you. And that's really not how guns like. Oh, how you're that not works. supposed to be able to do that. <laughs> you're not because there was a really annoying bug where you could like shoot someone through the staircase. So if you were like hiding underneath the staircase and someone was running up, you could just pop them through the staircase and kill them if you're like hiding on their ship. And it was getting mm. really annoying. So they're kind of like reevaluating how uh, hit registration and collision works on the ship. So we'll probably have more information uh, obviously when next week when the new content drops, but. Sea of Thieves players, there's new stuff coming up. And speaking of spooky things, uh, you know, Nailman Sky, Stephen, it's it's got it's gone dead space. It's dead spacey now. Yeah, um, much like Sea of Thieves, No Man's Sky is a game that just kind of came out not to to uh, not the best reception in the world, but just kind of keeps throwing new updates at it. And yeah, they have yet another one in the form of the Desolation update. Which, uh, so No Man's Sky has had freighters for a little while now, which are like these sort of mobile flying space bases that you can store various ships on. Which is so cool. Which is like, like I, because I hopped back into see it, it's not to cut you up, but I hopped back into No Man's Sky, like when the freighters came out, and like it was the coolest thing to see, like these, have like this giant, like floating, like capital ship. That you could just chill out in, and and I really am happy that the game keeps going, even if I've dropped off on it. Yeah. Uh, well, now they've repurposed those big giant capital ships into these sort of infested, um, dilapidated derelicts that you can go inside of, and they're full of like weird Tyranid slash Zerg slash Xenomorph slash infested goo uh, slash flood. That you can, um, you know, investigate and stuff like that. I actually don't know. I didn't read all of the update notes about it specifically yet. What you get out of it. But it looks like they're kind of going for more of a horror vibe in general. Where these sort of like face hugger like creatures are popping out of eggs and attacking you. And you have to go in with your flashlight on and kind of like explore to find uh, loot, I would assume, of some kind. And yeah, seems like a really cool extra thing to add to that game. No Man's Sky... Uh, much like Sea of Thieves, much like Final Fantasy XIV, just kind of a poster child for games that just keep throwing new stuff at it and yeah. keep getting better all the time. And yeah. I have mad respect for it. I should get back into that game again soon. Yeah, I really, I really want to try to get back into it. I just every time I get into it, I realize I have to spend. I end up like on a desolated planet that's like raining acid, and I'm like, all oh, right, the like first like six hours of this game suck. Yeah, and- those haven't really <laughs> changed much since yeah, they launched. That's the that's the kind of I think the entry point for the game is still really overwhelming and confusing. But I think like once you get your feet going in your ship and you kind of get an idea, it gets really fun. But yeah. I but I have one question for you before we get to Destiny, and it's about Monster Hunter. Mm. What stage of grief is the community in right now when it comes to the the big news dragging? Because I know last week me hmm. and you talked about 
uh, about kind of the anger, and I'm curious if we've moved on to acceptance finally, that that it's actually not that bad and people need to stop complaining. I mean, I thought that basically from the beginning, so it's tough right. for me to say for certain if that's how the community feels, but I do definitely think that people have cooled off on it a little bit now that they actually nice. understand the mechanics. Um, especially now that people are understanding that once you beat it, there's two different versions of the fight that put the monster through different phases um, and you can prepare for the fight very specifically if you know which phase you're about to go into so it's not as bad that way. People have figured out that you can break its horns when it's in dragon mode and when you do that, it can no longer switch to its third mode which makes the fight way easier too. People just needed time to kind of figure that sort of thing out. Uh, I will say I'm very happy because I am a hunting horn main in Monster <laughs> Hunter. Uh, I like my big sacks of boom, as the community likes to call them. And I was pretty disappointed that it was a style, like an archetype of hunting horn that I do not like, which is the elementally focused ones, which makes perfect sense for a big elemental dragon. But one thing that I found out was the new armor set for Alatreon, the new big, uh, the blazing black dragon, it's called in the lore. Uh, gives you a boost where if you're wearing two pieces of it, you get extra elemental damage for all of the elemental defenses that you have on your character. But hmm. if you are, if you wear three pieces, you get even more elemental defenses. So that increases your defenses and your attacks. And you mix that with an elementally focused hunting horn and suddenly an archetype of hunting horn I didn't like previously is very, very good all of a sudden. So I'm pretty excited to kind of finish out my collection on that one. I've been thinking about doing it this week, but there's just so goddamn much to play right now for me specifically. I know mm -hmm. we're in kind of a, we're in a drought of new releases, but I want to play Monster Hunter. I want to play Destiny. I want to play um, some older stuff that I've missed before. Ghost of Tsushima is coming out, but I think a lot of us specifically, and you Merit, maybe leading the charge on this, have been getting back into Destiny. Yeah, so a lot of news this week. Um, obviously the biggest piece of Destiny related news right now is that the new expansion Beyond Light has been delayed until November 10th. Um, I believe this is partly as a result of, uh, COVID-19 related working yeah. at home policies that Bungie's implemented that they've been pretty transparent about over the past few months. Still is a little weird that they, uh, I mean, when was the, the release date for this announced? Like a month ago? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Is that right. It was sometime in June, and um, so it's like really odd that they would like change it so quickly. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a big jump too. It's a big jump, right? It's like, because like, they delayed. Uh, was it in Shadowkeep by like two weeks, so they didn't have to like yes. fight over? Mm. Okay, there's a real, there's a reason that they gave us, and then like the real reason is probably they didn't want to fight with Borderlands Three over over player over players. Sure. Yeah. But like this is this is like a full like this is over a I'm month. Just, that I'm just I'm hearing from my from our producer Jordan that Beyond Light was uh, announced on June 9th, mm. and uh, so a little over a month later, it's been pushed back to November 10th. And uh, there's a big post about it where they well, there's not really a big post. They kind of just say that <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're working on it. So that's kind of the main thing, and there isn't a whole lot to talk about in this week's TWAB. Uh, what this means for the season of Arrivals is that it will just continue 
until November. Yes. The Festival of the Lost will take place this season uh, from October 6th to November 3rd. That's exciting. Uh, yeah. I mean, I love it. I love a spooky uh, spooky forest, you know? They always have the best emotes in the Festival of the Lost. Got some the good best emotes. emotes. Yeah. Uh, I love some masks. Um, mm-hmm. That's all fine. I really... I really like the Haunted Forest. Uh, haunted Forest is really cool. It's like a fun place to just vibe. And yeah. uh, of all of the the times that you have to run the forest, that's my favorite. Uh, yeah. I just love the little pumpkins everywhere. It's very yeah. cute. So in terms of what is going to be filling out the uh, the next couple of months, the answer right now seems to be not a lot. Solstice of Heroes will start on August 11th and run until September 8th. Uh, That's the event where uh, Bungie sells you armor glows that you then can't use on new armor. (laughs) Um, I swear to God, if they sell me another set of glows, I'm going to be so upset. Oh, did you buy the full set of glows like I did? Of course I did, because it looks so cool. Yeah, last year, for people who don't know, uh, there was a Solstice of Heroes event where you had to work to upgrade the set of armor and when you got the the Majestics, the fully upgraded set, you could buy these glows for it that would uh, give you a solar or void or arc glow. And it looked really cool and then was almost immediately rendered irrelevant because <laughs> they gave you one set of armor 2.0, uh, Solstice armor, which didn't have very good stats. And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of like, well, okay, guys. So, and it wasn't an ornament. And yeah, it's insane it's not an ornament. Like it's that bizarre. it hasn't been. It's it, bizarre it's that so, they didn't make the Solstice Armor ornaments. Like I I don't understand that. Cause it's probably one of the most loved sets because of how cool and unique. Destiny players really like the kind of outlandish cosmetics. And this was definitely like the full set with the full armor glow was definitely up oh, there yeah. with like some of their weirder shit. And and not being able to wear it like year round uh, was such a bummer that it wasn't a, especially since like you said it was almost immediately set aside because your yeah. blues suddenly have like seven hundred and like twenty light. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it looked completely ridiculous, and I loved it. And we'll see what happens with the new souls just pretty soon, I guess. Um, in terms of other stuff. They say that they're planning a handful of ritual activity modifiers to look forward to, like increased valor, increased infamy, and increased redacted. Mm, that reads increased in altered energy. <laughs> I think it's going to be increased drops from the dungeon because we know that the dungeon is going away for a season. Right. Oh, the new yeah. one? Uh, yeah. yeah. No, so the prophecy is going away for a season. It's not going away for like archival reasons or anything it's something to do with like the coding of it and the new uh the new stuff so when the new season starts the dungeon is going to be not available for that season uh although that that might change now because the the new season won't be until much later so we'll see but um i i would guess that that is what it's going to be if it's just altered energy then like who gives a shit (laughs) like yeah, uh, I mean, th- at this point, like I'm drowning in it. Like, if you do the eyes for the ruinous effigy thing, you get like two thousand just off of like doing right. the eyes. And at some point, you you know, you kind of stop uh, focusing umbral engrams, and you're just like, you have too many, so you're just like, you know, decoding them uh, blind. 
Uh, they also say there are a few more surprises to share on the road to launch. We'll see what those are. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the big thing. It's a bummer, but you know, what are you going to do about it, really? I, I have one guess at what they might do. I think they might in October maybe drop an, uh, an exotic from Beyond Light into either like the loot pool or like as a, like a mini quest or something. Interesting. Or even the... Or they, they might do, like, what we originally talked about, like, a few episodes ago with Paul Tassi and, like, do a teaser to, like, hold people over. Because the the original season obviously ended September 22nd. But then we have, like, now we have, like, a month gap of, like, content that we're going to, they're going to need to fill. And Fest of the Lost, like, it's good, but it's not, like, sustaining. Like, it's cool. It's also for, like, one first, week. Yeah. Yeah. It's also weird. No, it's, it's October 6th to November 3rd. Wait, what? Really? Uh, yeah. It's, it's, I'm looking at the twab. Oh it, my god! Yeah. Gone. Wow. Okay. It you oh. it usually is one week. It's usually only a week, and I guess they're expand. They realize that uh, containing it to one week isn't uh, the best idea. So it's it's gonna that's gonna like be like a full like month thing. But I feel like they're gonna drop. Maybe they'll put one of the exotics from Beyond Light in Festival of the Lost as like a win as like a, mm. an incentive to play. The, the event, which I think would be really cool because I feel like they need to do something to tease the new season to keep fans over because fans are obviously going to play it, but I, I feel like Bungie wants to build the hype just a little bit for it. Yeah, I wonder, I mean, maybe something like um, No Time to Explain. Isn't that in the... Uh, Ooh. That's part of the deluxe edition, though. Yeah. Mm, yeah, um, they wouldn't do that then. So, I don't know. We'll see. But speaking of exotics, someone speaking of exotics, this, someone in this room has been having fun with the ruinous effigy, having a lot of fun with the new exotics. Uh, St- Stephen, why don't you uh, tell us about your new bonkers? Tell us build about this nasty the- stick, <laughs> this big weird fucking tree that I get to carry around. Tell us about from just, the darkness, just playing, you know, stick and ball or whatever. I did, in fact, make a stick and balls joke in the piece I wrote about Ruinous Effigy from Destiny 2 earlier today. Uh, It is a new exotic as part of Season of Arrivals, uh, and it is maybe the best exotic they have ever added to Destiny 2, I would Uh probably say. Um, It is a trace rifle, which I don't think there's really a ton of in the game right now. There are four, I believe. There's three, not including this one. It's Prometheus Lens, Cold Heart, and Divinity. No, then there's also... Oh, no, four, uh, four, Wavelength, Wave, wave Splitter. Wave, wave Splitter, splitter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, four. Yeah. So there's five now. Okay. Um, yeah, so this shoots, like, kind of a concentrated beam of energy that goes out over time. It uses special ammo. It's a void weapon, and it absolutely slaps, because when you kill an enemy with it, first off, it just does decent damage. It does mm-hmm. good, yeah. yeah, good shots. Um, but when you, you kill somebody with it, that's when you get the thing that really matters, which is a transmutation sphere, I think is what they call them. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that is these correct. little, yeah, okay. These little nasty purple balls that you get to pick up and, uh, proceed to just beat hive knights over the head with over and over <laughs> and over again. <laughs> yes. Yes. I like where this uh, is going. And uh, I think somebody pointed out that, like, without using the melee spamming glitch, which you can kind of do um, by spamming the jump button very quickly. Yeah. You you do, like, 60,000 damage in 10 seconds with melee hits with this it's, thing. Yeah, it's like a comical amount of damage. 
Uh-huh. And it stacks with, like, everything. So it stacks with oppressive darkness grenades, which are back for the season pass. Uh, it stacks with defensive strike. So if you're a Titan and first proc dis- defensive strike by killing a different ad, you can get more on top of that. It mm. uh, also stacks with uh, weapons of light. So if you're a Titan, you also get a third buff. So you uh-huh. can get up to three mm-hmm. buffs on I this like thing this. at the same time. I like this. And doesn't it have its own buff with the catalyst where if you do damage with the ruinous effigy, you can then like do extra damage with it? Oh, so, yeah. So you do like the, the you like summon like you can also make like a big ass shield with this thing. Yeah. And like you a big bubble. Yeah. You basically AOE damage someone and then you just punch them for even. So the point is, this thing's bonkers. Well, like <laughs> this thing is bonkers. The bubble too. I mean, it's just good generally. But yeah. also yeah. there's a Titan exotic called Stronghold that mm-hmm. um, basically nobody ever used because was pretty much useless. Uh, Steven, I know you like it, but like compared to some of your other options, it's just not as no. powerful. It gives you infinite yeah. blocking energy, and if you block and a perfect block uh, will give you health back. And yes. that works with because the button to create that that sphere of energy is the block button. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I think is a bug that they are going to fix yeah. is the fact that I believe that the stronghold perk of getting a perfect block just counts the whole time you're holding the block button down. Uh, yes. And I think that probably is not intended behavior, but everything else <laughs> seems to be. And you do already get health back from, uh, from the draining effect. Like when you kill yeah, an enemy, it's like a life steal. Yeah. Effect. You get a life steal, but with a Titan with stronghold, you are constantly getting, uh, like, we, whenever you block something, you just get, like, full health back. So and you're, like, an unkillable demon. It also suppresses enemies inside the bubble. They get yeah. blinded and can't attack. <laughs> so <laughs> basically, like, I've been going back and forth on whether or not I want to try the Solar Pit this season because and mm. I, I know a lot of people, like, find it pretty easy, but I guess I'm just, like, not as patient as some people because I can get through the first like three encounters of pit relatively easily or four, I guess. Right. But then the boss, I always got stuck on and I'm like, if I just like get up to him, like, I think I could one phase him with this nasty ball. Yeah. Um, Right. I know we did try and do it together the other day and it didn't work as well. as just using falling guillotine, but I think I was probably doing it wrong. Um, but yeah, you, and it takes some, it takes, takes some, it takes some practice. You drop a bubble, you do the this orb sphere thing, and then you just start punching the hell out of them. And uh, yeah, it's pretty it, good. It's an interesting. It's an interesting. It's a weapon that when I first thought what thought saw it, I didn't think there was going to be much of like a skill curve to it, like with a weapon like Trinity Ghoul. But after like watching Steven and some other videos, like this 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 weapon is kind of insane. Like there's a, <laughs> it's a lot of options that you don't normally have, and like as a warlock main, like it doesn't infinitely make you immune. Because uh, it does have a kill threshold, if I do recall, uh, at least on Devour. But, like, it, it procs Devour, and you can just, like, hold it, and you can just, like, hold it for a long time and then just soak damage until it eventually kills you. Uh, it's it's a very... It's, I think this is, like, a pinnacle exotic in terms of, like, what an exotic should be. Yeah. Right. It, it, should, it should dictate a play style, I think. It yes. should It shouldn't just be, like, this gun does a little bit better. It sh- I like mm. that... The ruinous effigy promotes a very unique playstyle we don't see in the game. Yeah. Kind of like Witherhorde, where it's very focused yeah. on like controlling space, 
where this is like very in, uh, a kind of complex dance of moves to just output the stupid amount of damage to somebody. Yeah, and, I'm, and survivability. I'm re- yeah, I really, I really hope that this is the direction they take exotics more uh, in the future because it's a really cool and really unique design that really helps. I think solve one of Bungie's uh, and Destiny's biggest issues, which is a lack of kind of builds, which I've been getting into more with mods, but I feel like the exotics have always been like that missing component. Yeah. Uh, That's kind of the crux of the piece that I put up on the site earlier today is that I hope this is a taste of things to come because... Uh, Merritt, you mentioned that there wasn't a lot in This Week at Bungie, and to me, that's almost the biggest story <laughs> from This Week at Bungie, is there is nothing in there that says, like, we're looking into, uh, I almost said Witherhorde, we're looking into Ruinous Effigy, and like we see that this is way too powerful, and we're going to look for new ways to change it. Or People whatever. are having too like much that. fun. Yeah. Even like, even like Fall of, <laughs> I, I fully expected the new hotfix to be like, yeah, we toned down full of guillot- Fallen Guillotine guys. We realize it's a little nuts. Nope, we're just like, fine, you guys have been bitching and moaning about for a year about not being on the DPS people with your swords, so just oh. go have fun, I guess. Yeah, speaking of uh, getting in close and melting bosses with the swords, uh, one thing that we didn't mention about Ruinous Effigy is when you're doing the, the blocking thing, you cannot be stomped. You cannot be no. launched from stomps, which Wait, is you just... Can't? I didn't no. know that. I didn't know <laughs> <No>. that. <laughs> It's like you just stand there. You yep. just, and if you're using Stronghold, you you stand there, and then instead of taking damage from the stuff, you heal from the stuff. It's comical. Didn't you solo three Nightfalls with this thing? I did, because so I needed good. it for the, the new Truth Exotic Quest, the um, the post-Shadowkeep version of it. Uh, requires you to do three Nightfalls with a negative 100 power oh, handicap. Wow. And oh, man. Yeah, huh? So I went in there and um and I didn't want to like have to well you can't match make with the, yeah. with the card. Right. right. So I was like, well, this seems like too much trouble. I don't want to play with randos. I don't want to put my friends through this. So let me just try this and see if it works. And I went into Tree of Probabilities, and sure enough, it just fucking eats through that. So I got a lot of fucking well, <laughs> that had the twofold effect of uh A, I got truth, finally, which was nice. Very nice. Uh, it was nice to get the five bounties off of my card, finally, because uh-huh. that the truth quest takes up five bounty slots out of oh, your 63. weird. Yeah. Uh, and on top of that, I got a ton of practice with this particular build and this particular playstyle, and I just, like, spent a few hours on Sunday just honing my ability to know exactly when... Okay, because there's also, like, little tiny intricacies that aren't super obvious. The one thing we didn't actually mention that you can also do with the orb is if you use the um, right mouse button, you will dunk it into the ground and do just a big giant AOE splash damage attack. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and there is, if you watch the energy timer, cause it's on a timer and it uses up ammo as you use it. If you watch that, it gets down to one ammo and it hangs at one ammo for a little bit before the animation changes over, you get like an extra three seconds, maybe two seconds, where you're just sitting at one ammo and it's not draining. And you can just kind of like eke out that extra tiny little bit of damage and then slam it into the ground mm-hmm. and get that huge dunk. Um, it's, very, normally, it's a very satisfying dunk, I must it's say. It's a very satisfying dunk, yeah. Uh, but normally you don't want to use it very much because uh, you just want to sit there and hold the orb and not get stomped backwards and not deal with that bullshit. Uh, but if you hold on to that very last second, you can get as much juice as you possibly can out of that suppression field and then dunk it. And then the other, you know, element to this too is, well, if you're holding up that 
energy field. It's killing all of the rank and file enemies. So you don't want to actually kill all of the enemies. You want to leave up one to be able to convert into a new orb because if you're out of position when your orb runs out, you're going to fucking die. And right. I have gotten very good at positioning myself. So I'm keeping one hive thrall off to the side away from my little things, just like playing this weird sort of reverse hot potato with him. It's like, no, 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 no. Stay over there. <laughs> no, your, like, orb, your orb food. Your orb food. You're going to be food for Please. orbs. Well, we're going to talk in a minute, guy. Just hold on. Yeah. Just sit there. <laughs> Please wait. We'll, we'll be back. We'll Please be right wait. back to you. <laughs> exactly. But the, uh, no, it's great. The, the good news, Steven, is... Uh, you're going to be able to use this build in through like 90% of the raid tomorrow when we do Scourge. Oh, that's beautiful. Sc- Scourge is very forgiving. And, and speaking of... Oh yeah, we did uh, a raid. If you didn't, yeah, if you didn't check it out, uh, it should be archived when this is live. Uh, yeah, I believe yes. Up. Uh, last Friday, and I think now we're trying to do every Friday, at least to through the main raids, uh, we are doing a fanbite raid. So it's me, uh, Merritt, Steven, social editor plus Nikki, uh, guide editor Dylan and our disembodied producer Jordan will be traversing through Scourge of Past t- today. If you're listening to this, in the mor- um, yeah, uh, on Friday and um, on Friday. If you miss it, it'll be up on a VOD. But yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what do you What do you think? Uh, well, how do you think the uh, the raid went? Did you guys have fun uh, well, doing the thing? We, I mean, we all haven't had done, done it before. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we haven't done Levy in a while, though. We haven't done. I haven't done Levy in a while. See. I, I've done Levy so many times because <laughs> it's such an easy raid to run when you've done it before. And especially yeah. at this light level, Callus is like a joke. So like uh, my clan, a lot of the time will just do like pick up Levy and like, it's kind of a meme <laughs> at this point. And uh, oftentimes there are six people willing to do it. And uh, with the extra raid drops, because they unlocked raid drops for, um, yeah. for the featured raids, which means that, yeah, uh, you can do it as many times as you want in a week. And also, every time you do Castellum, you get a drop as well. And often they're not great. They're like year one legendaries and stuff. But like it's still like, oh, wow, this feels really good. Yeah. Uh, um, I think what I like, too, is I didn't know about it in the raid for whatever reason. I forgot, I think, is I didn't think the old raids that are getting vaulted were going to drop armor at Season of Arrivals level. I thought it was just going to be like, okay, it's going to go up to like whatever our cap is now 1060 to help people get there and then only last wish and garden will go on to like be the things but it's really cool that all of the raid armor from eater to inspire and scourge and levy like all of the armor like it's it's gonna be like you can use it and you can also use the mods on them which i think will be really nice because i'm I'm working currently to try to get a last wish set for the taken mods yeah um Actually, Scourge will be useful because arrival or not arrivals. Fallen mods. Uh, yeah, fallen mods for the expansion. It's going to be all about fallen, who we're still yes. inexplicably fighting. Um, yeah. I just want to put that out there. We've got bigger things to worry about, guys. And it's weird that the way that like the fallen have been like aligned with the darkness to me. Um, right, but. That's literally the opposite of what their whole origin story is. Their whole, yeah. their whole bit is they're just upset that we have the light, not that we are like right. or like the hive of the dark people. They're the darkness, like also the supporters. Vex. Like the yeah, the fallen is just kind of like in between. The fallen are just more here out of just pure sheer pettiness and, and just yeah, they have nothing else to do. I'm, I mean, yeah. So when I see lore that like p- like positions the uh, 
the cabal and the fallen as like agents of the darkness. I'm like, okay, that's kind of just propaganda because like, yeah, the red, (laughs) the red religion fucking sucks, but like, they're not like, like taking orders from the darkness. As far as I know, they're just militaristic and, uh, the fallen are just like, well, in the new expansion, they're going to unite under the, uh, the Kell of darkness, uh, who, Ah, who seems pretty cool. And apparently uh, Varix, one of my favorite characters, my beloved characters, is coming back. Uh, allegedly, this, is, this isn't this is confirmed, obviously. And he is now the Kel of Kells, which is, oh. you know, go good for him. You went from a prison warden to being the Kel of Kells under the House of Judgment. Yeah. Um, like a, kind of like a you know, Ulysses-type character in the Fallen stuff. Yeah. He's like a legend. Yeah. I'm very, I'm very interested. Um, I'm interested if they address Aldrin uh, in this expansion. I've been very curious okay, yeah. to see where Aldrin's story goes. I mean, they I have a like, conspiracy theory about this. Okay. Mm. All right. Let's hear it. I love Merrick conspiracy theories. Okay. Well, first of all, I just want to say that there's a bit in the, um, this has nothing to do with that theory, but there's a bit in the reveal trailer or the gameplay trailer, I forget which one, where Aramis, the Kell of Darkness, is like, I will give these guardians the destruction they crave. And uh, just po- uh, podcast crossover, we did Baki for our the anime podcast this week, and the whole point of the first season of Baki is a bunch of martial artists who want to taste defeat. That's like their dream, is to like have someone actually beat them in a fight because they're so powerful. So just, right. I got echoes of that. Um, <laughs> also, yeah, Aramis has been, um, I think Aramis has shown up before. I forget exactly, but, um, yeah, conspiracy theory time. So if you look at the lore for the Coda nine armor that you get from the dungeon, they all follow a pattern. All of the Titan ones talk about darkness and they all end with your light fades away all of the hunter ones talk about light and actually they're not great either. They're just like, you're in like a blinding blasted hellscape with like a figure that is like begging you for death because nothing can mm-hmm. die under light. Mm. Um, mm. And then the warlock ones are all like about the in between and like navigating. So my theory is that Zavala is going to turn or betray the Vanguard or something. Why exactly? I'm not sure, but Narratively, it would be great because it would make his character interesting. <laughs> um, it would let Lance uh, Reddick ham it up as a villain, which would fucking rule. And um, it would make room for a new uh, a new Titan Vanguard. And I feel like Saint-14 would fill that pretty easily and then bring on his pal, Aldrin, as the Hunter Vanguard and Ikora obviously is still Warlock Vanguard because she's just smart and knows how to do things and is like navigating that in between. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I'm just spinning things out here and like probably that lore doesn't indicate those things. But like, I don't know, I could see Zavala just like going off the deep end. He's been like kind of losing it for the last few seasons anyway, just in terms of like nobody seems to listen to him. Like Eris just does whatever she wants. The Guardian, the young wolf, doesn't really listen to him either. Like, they go to get revenge for Cade. Um, they sort of just, like, we traipse around. We work with Rasputin against his better judgment. All this shit. And, like, Savala's just, like, done nothing about it. And it's just like, well, okay. Maybe I just have to take matters in my own hands or something. So, yeah, I, think, uh, I think I had, some... Uh, 
Oh, go ahead, Steven. Uh, I had also posited that um, Zavala might betray us for one reason or another, or he's going to be, you know, corrupted, or maybe Zavala was dead the whole time and Sabathun was a shapeshifter or something. Uh-huh. I didn't put nearly as much research or thought or actual, like, theory into it as you did, Merritt. Um, my theory was based purely on the fact that Lance Reddick has been out there making a bunch of, um, you know... TikToks basically about uh-huh. like I'm back in the booth recording for Destiny get excited and stuff like that and I feel like uh, voice actors are some of the worst secret keepers in yeah. the video game industry <laughs> uh, so I figured that there's probably something big going on with him and I also feel like if something big is going to happen with him it's not just going to be that they're going to kill off another Vanguard member because that would just be pretty ridiculous uh, yeah. right after Cade and the other thing is that I think having the square-jawed hero type mm. turn into, like, the slimeball villain is sick as fuck and should happen more often in fiction. And that's why I want it to happen. Yeah. So, so two things. So I have, I have two theories on on two two parts of uh, on the Zavala train. One is Merit is being suppressed by Twitter uh, mm-hmm. because uh, Zavala... Uh, the big Zavala theory is being suppressed by big tech and they don't want it out there in the public. You know, it's too much information, too much power. Uh, that or it's Sabathun's doing. My my second and, and more, like, if we're going into the Zavala theory hole, is that Zavala's going to split the Vanguard um, into two parts. Kind of like how the, the we, we talked about, like, the, the, the Rifter and the, uh, what are they called? Um, the Honors? The or the, the, the like the, the inquisitors like yeah, the, 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 the warlock the yeah. honor yeah um i think we're i think it'd be cool to see something like that where kind of like zavala's idea of what the vanguard is and what the vanguard is becoming are uh kind of splitting because he's still very hesitant about the darkness about us wielding it um and i think it'd be interesting to see that kind of shift because the next two seasons one is witch queen and then the the next one, um, Lightfall. The the tagline for that one was, uh, "It's time." It's like something along like picking a side. And I think it'd be really interesting to see, uh, Bungie like force players to like, all right, do they stick with like the old Vanguard morals, or do they kind of like embrace this new Vanguard of the Drifter and Eris? Uh, in Saint oh. 14, where they're kind of just they're just kind of mucking with this kind of like they're kind of being a little more loosey goosey and a little more reckless. They're less kind of straightforward and buttoned up with how they approach their their methods. That is interesting because actually, come to think of it, the Beyond Light trailer does make a big deal out of the three different characters, much like the uh, Vanguard. We have Eris, the Stranger, and uh, Drifter all together. Although right. the Stranger isn't a guardian, as far as we know, no. and that isn't a she ghost. She's not forged in light. That isn't a ghost. She's from a future where the darkness won, which, what the fuck? Like, yeah. and time travels, which, like, yeah. okay. So is Osiris gonna, like, ever mention that to us? Like, cause he's the time travel guy. Like, is he ever gonna, like, just pop? I feel <laughs> what like happened to him, all- anyway? I, he just went back. I feel like Osiris is too much of a plot hole for Bungie to, like, really deal with, so anytime they wheel Osiris out, they're like, here's Osiris, and then, like, when they realize that he could just basically fuck up their entire timeline, he's like, yeah, he's gonna just go wander off into the infinite forest for the next, like, four years until we need him again, guys. Also, did we ever actually see... Like, was there a cutscene when you started this season that I just, like, skipped where Rasputin just gets et up by the darkness? Or yeah. Like, yes. Okay. Yeah. So the darkness arrives, and Rasputin tries to do the thing he did to the Almighty, where he fires all the missiles at it. 
and the darkness is smarter than the cabal and the darkness is like nah fuck that and he literally just shuts down Rasputin uh, uh, I want to say I want to say Anna has a line of dialogue when you do the ruinous effigy stuff I think mm-hmm. uh, where she's talking about how Rasputin is like trying to download his brain into like a backup body somewhere yeah oh, oh Rasputin's the new Vanguard confirmed there it is <laughs> well, we found it we found you know, it. he's gonna be the new XO the Deepstone Crypt is on Europa so yeah I really, that's like the one thing I want out of this expansion is, is some stuff on the Deepstone Crypt. Because that's like one of the most interesting parts of Destiny's lore that we barely talk about in the game. What and is I, this? It's, it's, so it's basically like the Exo's like uh, location and like where they started and kind of like the experiments to make Exos. It's all very like Exo focused and how it kind of like all developed from them and we don't really know much about them outside of like hints and lore bits we've gotten and i think it's like one of the coolest like areas that they are probably going to explore and i'm really excited that's why i'm most excited about europa uh outside of me being just a general fallen fanboy yeah well but i mean there's also on um, i mean there's also the the pendulum swings the other way though because we've also been just suffering from beaver errors as the as like I think like the yeah. one negative this week is like the beaver errors are getting out of control. And, and Steven, I think you guys. suffered the most from them. Yeah. It's a lot. No, I have as well, uh, recently, and it's not even for a while, like last season, it was really just the tower. And now it's like just other areas too, where you'll spawn yeah. in and like nothing is there, and then you're like, "Oh, I know how this goes," and you have to wait like the two <laughs> minutes before it just is like, "Oh, sorry, I'm sick." I had a, I had a really good one earlier today. Um, I had a beaver error, and shortly after it was in the crucible, and then shortly afterwards, um, I reloaded into a new match because that completely threw off my game, so mm-hmm. I wasn't able to complete that. Um, <laughs> Magic of Crucible, which was always super fun. And then I went back in and had an error where it was like reconnecting to the Bungie servers uh, or the Destiny 2 servers. And I was like, okay, I'm going to sit here. And I assumed I was just about to get beavered again. But instead of getting beavered, I got respawned into the Crucible match, could hear things happening. But no one was there. Oh, no. But nobody was there. I love that one. I love that one. I hate that one. Things happening. Uh, and I then I'm right, like running around, but apparently I'm invisible because I'm like mm-hmm. running up next to allies yeah. and enemies, and nobody's responding to me. I'm just like, wait, you're what? in an alternate dimension. I've seen that happen <laughs> a bunch of times, and it's so weird because like it's I get it bizarre. on PlayStation. I get it on PlayStation too, which is even weirder. Like I get, I don't get as many of the beaver. I rarely get beavers on PlayStation unless it's like a new update just dropped. But like I get that invisible person one all the time in Crucible, and it's mm. so frustrating. I've had ones where it's been the reverse, Steven, where it's I drop in and everyone can see me, but everyone else is invisible. Mm. So I'm just like, I have to like follow people's floating guns when I'm trying well, to shoot them. I oh, mean, God. it's it's a metaphor, isn't it? For the, you know, <laughs> the distance that we put up between ourselves in everyday life. Um, yeah. I'm Luke Smith. Yeah. <laughs> is that what Luke Smith sounds I, like? I'm Luke Smith, and I'd like to show you a game called Destiny. Let me show you me beautiful engrams. Me beautiful re- engrams with Rasputin inside of them. Apparently I Rasputin's really in an engram, according to Jordan. I missed that part. Me uh, too. Take him to, uh, put him in the drifter box. See what happens. Yeah. Like, what does that decrypt into? <laughs> 
just gonna, just, gonna be a gun. Oh, it's like two blues and a token. Great. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be so cool though. Rasputin as a gun. Oh, I would be all about that. And like, like he just yells at you. He just yells at you when you're playing. <laughs> it would be like Whisper. Yeah. Um, like Whisper. Yeah. 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 Do you ever think about how we have like a hive god as a gun, and it's just like yeah. one of several it's guns irrelevant. that we use. We lost a few guns too from Destiny One that were gods that we just like lost, and we're just oh, like, all right, yeah. cool. I just because we lost the Oryx soul of gun. God. Yeah, Touch of Malice is definitely one of those. Like we've lost a oh. lot of weapons that we definitely are like shouldn't just leave lying around. Well, <laughs> but Touch of Malice rule. This is based. Uh, the uh, Runus effigy is based on Touch of Malice, isn't it? Doesn't Era say something about that? How she's oh, yeah. like, oh, I based it on this other gun that I made with my magic yeah. that I can do. I yeah. liked that Touch of Malice was just a ba- a gun inside of a bag that you carried around because that's what it was. It was just like, here's the barrel of a rifle, but then it was just like covered in like a burlap sack what? that uh, Aeris had given to you. <laughs> Don't worry. Like you could never see. Don't worry, Guardian. This bag will protect you from the gun. It's evil. Don't touch it, but you can hold it in this gun and it looks like you're secretly drinking a 40 out of <laughs> This yeah. is definitely like Have you something ever seen that, like, the uh, end of time bandits. Please do not touch the gun. Eris is definitely like one of those like soothsayers like that like, you see on like street corners that like just completely sell you bullshit. She's like, no, the bag of mysteries. It's protects Guardian. you from the darkness. Just Guardian. don't. I did, I had totally time to build the rest of the gun. Just don't look under it, and you'll be cursed. Guardian, keep your eye on the shell. As I move it around under these cups, can your eyes pierce the truth? Can they pierce the veil of the cups, or will you suffer in blindness and darkness? What you don't know is Eris is just following behind you, yelling the gun noises because the gun actually doesn't pachu, fire. Pachu, pachu, zap, pachu, pew, zap, pew, pew, pew. bam! Wow, what a great gun! Everyone loves it. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I and I guess, it. I guess, I guess, with Eris, it brings like to the last question uh, we kind of have here on our list is, what do you guys think of season of the rivals? Like, I mean, we're kind of like what halfway through season of arrivals now. Obviously, okay, we were halfway through season <laughs> of arrivals. <laughs> we're we're basically what I assume is halfway through the season of the rivals content, and and we've we've had you know. A bunch of seasons before. What do you what do you two think of uh, season of arrivals and the and what we've had so far in terms of the story uh, and the general like kind of flow of the season? Um, I'm maybe in a very poor position to make a comparison right now because <laughs> right, <laughs> I played well, I 35 a, minutes of the previous season. <laughs> but I think that's also like important though, like for new players coming in to like gear up before. Uh, Beyond Light, like what, it, like as a, as someone who's coming back who hasn't played Destiny in a while, are you finding it easy to get back into the swing of things? I know you've you've mentioned you've had like issues with just like the grind of Destiny when you hit a wall at a certain point. Yeah, I think I'm just kind of. There was an, also an article on PC Gamer about this that went up today that by Phil Savage, I think, um, who wrote about how the power grind is maybe increasingly the least interesting thing in Destiny, and I think yeah. Ruinous Effigy in particular this season really showcases that because you can go into a Nightfall and you know last what was it last week or the week before that there was the Nightfall that was bugged um, so that it was normal power level. But it had all the modifiers. Still challenging. Still very still challenging. 
Exactly. And that was what the article talked about, how, like, the puzzles of the modifiers and dealing with that sort of thing and creating interesting loadouts around it to try and get through things like that is way more interesting than having to do all of that and also have a massive power deficit or deficit compared to the creatures that you are facing yeah. off against. And now I think Runa's Effigy is showing us the, like possibilities when destiny gets wild from the other end where the whereas the um previous end was like here is a nightfall of the ordeal with a bunch of modifiers that is forcing you to adapt to it runa's effigy allows you to adapt around destiny and i think the game when it's leaning into that stuff is massively more interesting um right but and and i think this is probably the most interesting it's been since then but also i think that a lot of the longest running problems with destiny like the power grind and the power grind not being particularly interesting are starting to stand out a lot more as the rest of the game gets more fun to play if that makes sense no it does yeah no for sure Mm -hmm. i've thought for a while that the um that power uh deficits were like a really blunt way to make things more challenging and like not a particularly interesting way to do that which is why I didn't do Grandmaster Nightfalls last season uh, and why I probably won't do them this season either. But in terms hmm. in terms of like the quality of the season overall, I feel like in the time that I've been playing Destiny, which I started, I want to say, in like January or February, I think February of 2019, um, mm. I think this is probably like the second best season uh, mm. behind Opulence for me. Yeah. I mean, Opulence... I think for a lot of people is the high point. It had a raid. (laughs) It had menagerie. It had the runes and like customizable loot drops. It had, uh, but to be, to be fair, I think crown and prophecy are about on the same level of, of length. Uh, it takes to like, once you get like a good team that knows both, I think they're about the same length of end game. Yeah. I just think like that season had premium. It hit like, all of the highlights Menagerie that people just, wanted. Menagerie is still like yeah, the activity. I played that through Menagerie again yesterday just because I you have to do it this week for uh, one of the quests. And it's like, it's still fun. <laughs> like, it's still a good activity. Yeah. Uh, it's got like yeah. variety. And uh, even if you fail, it's not like, oh, you get nothing. Good day, sir. But yeah, Opulence, <laughs> I think for me, was like the peak. And this is like not that far off. Like, I think we're like, I think this is to me is heartening. Um, so I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm going to be doing moments of triumph. I'll be doing solstice. And uh, I'm like, I'm okay with that. That's like a decent amount of content for me right now. And that combined yeah. with the fact that you can run the raids to just get drops is like, it's pretty cool. And um, hopefully beyond light will be uh, all the better for being delayed uh, all the way to November. Yeah. I think I was actually just really briefly. I was going to say that honestly, the two month delay doesn't bother me that much because it takes a big weight off my mind right now, knowing sure. that I'm going to have an extra two months to catch up on gear for transmogs. Mm. I'm going to be able to do moments of, moments of triumph, maybe get a couple of titles if I want to. And also I can play monster hunter and warframe and stuff like that and not feel right. like I'm trying to funnel all of these into my mouth at the same time. Cause we're not yeah. too far off. We're God, it's July 16th. Uh, Tenocon is on August 1st. Oh yeah. Uh, we, uh, that's- yeah. Yes. And we forgot to mention, 
Uh, the newest Prime came out this week, and it's NRS oh, yeah. Prime, which rips because NRS is maybe my favorite Warframe. Yes. And uh, we, we yes. actually, I think you kind of called that Here's- shot on it because when we were talking about what the next one would be, you were like, oh, I think NRS is the oldest one that hasn't gotten a Prime yet. Yeah. And uh, there he is, and he looks great. And uh, I haven't actually gotten him yet, but I think I probably will and just mess around because... Interos is so much fun. It's a very good looking prime. It's probably one of the coolest looking ones, I think. Yeah, I really they get dig. better and better. Yeah, I oh, really, also, I really actually, dig it. Uh, there's one more piece of Warframe news that just came up right before we started recording, and I just want to get this in before we wrap up. That um, there is an event that is, I think, starting uh, now and is on until July 27th, which is uh, Dog Days. Uh, so oh. this is a, a tactical alert where you have a water gun and, <laughs> yes. uh, and you go into an arena so good. with no mods, pets, or abilities, and you're just trying to yes. like shoot people with your water gun, uh, and you get, uh, you can get credits and all kinds of other stuff for, uh, Warframe is a good game. Warframe, Warframe is good. good. Yeah. Warframe it's is like a very whole... good video game. It's like a whole summer themed like, oh, we're all at the beach having fun shooting each other with um, water guns because one thing Warframe needed was m- more wetness. We it's need not. To get more we just wet. need to just like keep spraying them down, you know? Yeah. Someone is constantly Otherwise standing out. off of camera and just like spraying <laughs> all the Warframes to just keep them keep them extra glossy. I like to yes. think before you like exit your ship every time, like... Uh, you you just get like a bucket of water and you just you dump just get it on misted, yourself. Yeah, yeah, um, you just dump <laughs> like a pro wrestler, like a <laughs> WWE wrestler. Oh, also, uh, Barakitir is here right now, and mm. uh, he is selling everything he has ever sold until July 18th. So, if you're listening to this yes. the day it's released, you have one day to go to the Tenocon relay and just like get any of his shit and uh there's a lot of good stuff and you need yes. you need ducats to buy those and also credits which is a little annoying but you know what yeah it's a grind but some of that stuff is some of the like most now, powerful what would you recommend if someone were going to get like one thing mm. because i had my eyes on the um uh the version of the flamethrower that's what's it called the uh, vandal the- yeah, the Ignis is it Ignis Prime? So would, no, would that be the it's one? not Ignis. I don't. Maybe it is Ignis Vandal. Maybe. Um, um, something like that. But I, f- I feel like I see a lot of people using that one. Uh, that one's definitely very good. The the flamethrower, the Ignis in um, Warframe, is very powerful because it can shoot through walls a lot of the time, depending on the mods that you use. Um, right. And just chews up enemies and does pure fire damage at the beginning. So that gives you a lot of options to change what kind of elemental damage types you want to be doing. I would say basically any of the primed damage mods for mm. um, weapons okay. are extremely good to get. Yeah. Um, right. Like primed uh, you know, lesser ones are maybe like the primed Bane of Corpus, primed Bane of Karinir, that sort of thing, because those ones are... Um, specific to a specific faction, but if you can get like primed ravage and stuff, those are extremely useful. I, I remember when I was struggling with the one boss. You're like, do you have these mods? I'm like, no. I'm like, I have the normal ones. You're like, oh, you got to get these primes, man. They like, they 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 make a huge difference. Uh, I can now confirm having one 
that it's definitely like I I recommend the prime weapon mods over anything, honestly. That's the Ignis Wraith, by the way. Ignis Wraith, yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I would say the the damage mods, the Warframe mods, like primed continuity, that sort of thing, also extremely, extremely good. Um, I would usually go mods over weapons because mods are just going to like be more universal yeah. in a lot of ways. Right, right. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's a, a good place to start. And if you have ducats left over, uh, maybe look at some of the uh, the vandals and wraiths. The thing about the vandals and wraiths and the primed or the prisma—that's what they're called—weapons um, is a lot of those, with the exception I think of the prismas, will sometimes be available during certain events as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to sure. say like the Galaxion Vandal, for instance, is part of the. Um, Exploiter orb. I can never remember which one is the one that's always in the game and which one is on an event. That loop. sounds right. Yeah. Orb. Okay. Yeah. So maybe hold off on those, but look at those primed mods though, because you can't get them any other way. And let me tell you, waiting two weeks every single time to have a <laughs> small chance of Paragateer selling the one thing that you want is a real pain in the ass. Well, so. I think that's about all we've got. Uh, there's a lot. It turned out there was a lot this week. Um, Yeah. But if there's nothing else, then I think we can wrap up. I think we're good. All right. I'm excited for, for, you know, just to play more video games in the near future. You know, many, many more podcasts, many more games, you know? So I I learned about, I learned about boom, how, uh, Boomhound Gatorade and my like, Boomhauer Gatorade. Excuse me. Oh my God. I'm sorry. Oh, Howard. I'm sorry. Uh, I'd also just like Uh, to uh, include a link in the show notes to, uh, or just ask everyone out there to go look up the French Canadian fan, uh, fan dub <laughs> of King of the Hill that has Boomhauer in it. And, uh, just treat, treat yourself to French Canadian Boomhauer because trust me, it hits the I missed spot. That, that was a fan dub. <laughs> it, it turns out that it was, it was not an official, uh, King of the Hill dub. It was a French Canadian fan dub with Boomhauer. I see. Um, so, yeah, uh, go to fanbyte.com slash podcasts for more of uh, this kind of thing. And you can follow us on Twitter at Fanbyte Media. You can follow Colin at Beguiled Gamer. Steven is at Steven Strom. I'm at Merritt K, and I still can't tweet uh, as of this recording. So I might be free, but I guess we'll see. We'll find out. Um, and uh, thanks to uh, Jordan Mallory, our producer. <laughs> Uh, is there anything else? I think that's it for me. Oh, stay with me. Yeah, I think that's it. All right. So uh, until next time, keep those numbers going up. Bye. 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 Bye.